been wondering when it could be a good time to buy an iPad? It sounds like 2024 could be the time. We're talking about the possibilities of the iPad lineup for next year in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Robin Loyola here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Uh, before we talk about the iPad, there's some news that was released this morning. We record this on Tuesday here in the U.S. Uh, Apple announced its event for September 12th. Uh, they sent out invites uh, and a notification that you can watch it online. The uh, notifications were titled One Wanderlust. Wonder, yeah, wonderlust, wonderlust, wonderlust. It's an O and not an A. Yes, yes, that's that's what's confusing to me. L- uh, 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 lusting over wonder, not not wandering. Everybody probably knows this is Apple didn't officially say it's the iPhone event, but you know it's the iPhone event. And this year we'll get new iPhone, the iPhone 15 and the Apple Watch Series Nine. We're not going to dive too deep into those products. That's for next week. So tune in next week for our event preview show. Uh, we'll talk about, but the invite has a, I don't know, what, what would you call it? Uh, the logo. There's the, the logo interpretation. Everybody always wants to uh, see if there's a secret message within the logo. It's basically an, the Apple logo, but I guess it's you could say it's like made up of sand or some kind of grainy thing, and it looks like it's being kind of swept away, blown away a little bit. Yeah, it's a blue and gray logo. That right, it looks like it's like moving off the page. I guess you can say like it's like it's being swept off the page. It's like it's made of dusty stone, and it's kind of getting little bits blown off of it or something. It, it's really hard to think of it as being indicative of any kind of feature or something that we know of. Well, in the past, didn't they have like AR versions of that of that logo? I, they probably do if you go to the if you go to the Apple website. I tried it through the usual thing and it didn't do anything. So it's possible I I did it wrong or it's possible that they just don't have it yet. They maybe they'll add it next week as like a like a thing who knows. But right now I I didn't I didn't see anything online. People always post those little little um, videos, and it didn't work for me. So yeah, it's probably just not yet, but it's it's almost certain there will be a three D version of this. Um, it's animated on the Apple site when you go to apple.com slash apple dash events, and that's the page that you would go to on your iPhone, and it would queue off a little AR experience. It's easy to see on that animation on the site what it would look like. So the, the latest rumors about the iPhone 15 Pro are that the colors are going to be super muted this year, silver, silver, gray, black, and like a midnight type blue, which, you know, is the colors of the invent, invite, kind of. So, it, you know, that kind of matches up. <laughs> the gray is supposed to be they're apparently called Titan Gray. Uh, and it's basically that raw titanium look like the Apple Watch Ultra. But that reminds me that we may see an Apple Watch Ultra 2 or just an Apple Watch Ultra update. The event is September 12th. That's a Tuesday. That's 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, if you want to watch it live, you can watch it live on the website. 
you're on your Apple TV, on the Apple TV app, the YouTube channel for Apple. Uh, there are different ways you can watch it. And if you can't watch it at 10 a.m. Pacific, you know, it'll, it'll be posted by Apple through, on those venues. So you can watch it anytime you want after that. This time next year, we'll all have Vision Pro headsets and be able to experience it as if we were in the auditorium. That does make me wonder. I mean, there's there's been some talk about they have sort of a new immersive video format. And I really wonder if they're going to be able to sort of film a live stream. Now, they, they certainly available for download later or something, but I wonder if they're going to be able to live broadcast in that format by September next year. Not that there's anything to show live because even the people who go to the event just watch a pre-made video. It could all it could all be in their immersive video format by then. Well, you could watch it as if you were on the moon or some other location. Well, you could do that with <laughs> any video, right? That's that's just watching a big screen. The immersive video formats kind of makes the video look like it has depth and everything, right? It's it's VR video. Craig Federighi's hair will jump right out at you. Uh, so next week on the Mackle podcast, we'll have a preview, event preview show. We'll talk about what we think will happen. But this week, we're talking about next year. How's that? That was good. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're talking about the iPad in particular for next year. Uh, Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, he reported that the iPad Pro could be in for a big overhaul. So we thought we'd talk about basically Gurman's report about the possible changes. Gurman said that the iPad will have a revamped design, but he didn't go into particulars about that design. He didn't say anything, really. And I don't understand what it's like, what could it be? <laughs> it's a it's gotta kind of be a flat rectangular slab. And I can't imagine they're going to like dramatically change the edges and stuff from being f relatively flat. I mean, it's, I, God, please don't change the Apple pencil again to like, it doesn't fit and it has to say, so it's probably going to have a magnetic attachment for the current second gen Apple pencil, you know, and that need, needs at least a flat edge there. So yeah, other than that, I, I don't know what would be new about it. Yeah, I agree. Slightly, slightly thinner bezels, maybe. Although, you know, you do have to hold the thing pretty aggressively more so than you do an iPhone. So there's not a ton of space you can get if you're holding it with your thumb and your fingers. Um, maybe, I mean, moving the camera is the first thing you got to do to the, to the proper. To the horizontal edge. The, yeah, the proper side. Which, which they did. Which, on, which, which I. Is the, it the air? No, no, the 10th gen, I think, the new one. The new. The newest idea. Yeah, then that's right. The new the new tenth gen that they're or whatever that they're still selling, the eighth and ninth gen one. That works, but there was talk that it's tough to put the camera on that edge because the Apple Pencil is sort of the magnets and charging stuff of the Apple Pencils, and they're gonna have to figure out how to how not have those things interfere with each other space wise. But it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of pushed it to be more of a landscape oriented, like as the default. It already kind of is, like all their stands and and you know everything, every keyboard attachment and all that other stuff already is. So if they made it more like that, they could actually move the camera down a bit 
and have a dynamic island and do the whole dynamic island thing. Like the iPhone, mm. just put it on the iPad. They could do that. They don't. The dynamic island right now is just an iPhone thing. There's no, there's no reason why it shouldn't come to the iPad. Yeah, uh, I, uh, iPad OS 17 is going to bring live activities to the lock screen. And it's not, they don't show like the dynamic island live activities are just notification, like lock screen notifications, but like they're software wise, they're halfway there, right? So then if you were to use that in portrait mode, you'd have a pill on the soul. Yeah, that might be a little funky, but they could, they could figure that out. You just really just rotate the icon inside of the pill and it looks fine. I could see that the pill when you're in portrait mode being like essentially having arrows up and above it where that's that's where you that's your scroll bar right like you start from there and make it a scroll bar you know like all the other there's some they could have some good software interpretations for like what did, what do we do with this if we if we've turned it and it's now on its side but honestly that's better than what do we do with the cam why is the camera always on the side when everyone uses it landscape yeah i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna guess 80% of the time people use it in portrait. Oh, no, I'm sorry, in, in, in landscape, at least. I don't have the data Apple does, but I just know when I see random people using an iPad, they're almost always holding it. So I, so I was, because it's such a content consumption device. Like it's more natural. Web pages kind of fit and flow better in landscape. And then the rest of the time, yeah, video and, and games and stuff like that, those are almost all landscape oriented Gerber's report focused on the ipad pro we talked about display updates uh they're supposed to get an uh, oled display which you know that's nice i don't know if it would make that much of a difference the the ipads so the 12.9 inch has an has a mini led the, the 11 inch has, a, has an lcd they're they're fantastic displays it's hard to tell the difference between the 11 and the 12.9 right now I mean, OLED's nice. My guess is it's because it'll get an always-on display, which would be a that would be a an excellent addition to the iPad. I, I have to assume that's why they're doing it. That's the main reason why they're doing because otherwise, you know, you you don't really need it. It gets great battery life. Uh, the displays look great. HDR content looks fantastic. I don't, you know, it's not going to bring much, but the always-on display that was introduced to the iPhone Pro last year would probably come to the iPad Pro next year. Yeah, I mean it would let them it would let it would give them HDR and stuff a little thinner. You know, an an OLED display is thinner than the mini LED back, backlit LCD that they have on the big iPad now. And they're always looking to make components thinner, but it's still it's expensive at that size. Yeah, I don't know what it gives you that they don't have in the larger iPad Pro now in terms of user experience, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but like you said, always on display is one. It might be possible. It, that might be part of like, they can't do dynamic island on the LED backlit, like light because the light bleeds through or whatever, you know, so there could be something like that. So, and, Or uh, thinner bezels as well. It's easier when, uh, when it's OLED. So yeah, yeah, that, you can all, fold all the control possible. circuitry edge over. Um, we could see the M3 in this update. I mean, I that, expect that. That's as close as a slam dunk as you're likely to get when it comes to rumors. 
Um, the M3 is supposedly launching in the Mac later this year. Um, so by next year, it makes sense that it would come to the iPad Pro. I mean, it, it doesn't need it. It doesn't need an M2. It probably doesn't need an M1, to be honest with you. But that's what Apple's doing with these chips. And, you know, it does. So German talked about how the iPad uh, revenue sales are slipping a bit. And part of that reason is because there's not a lot of really compelling reason to upgrade because the iPad Pro particularly has been, you know, it's been what's five years since it got an update. And quite frankly, if you have a 2018 one, it's not all that different than the 2022 one, 2021 one, 22. Did it come out this year? No, no, last year. 22. Most recent. 22, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it looks very much the same. And even though that was an A12, I think, A12Z or something, or, or A14Z, whatever processor it is, it was it's plenty fast compared to the M1, the M2, whatever it is. Like, you know, the iPad is uh, iPad OS is so optimized for the device. Like, it, it's been fast enough for like a decade. So, yeah, M3 is a great marketing thing. But, you know, realistically, yeah, it's, what does I mean, it really pe- bring? For people doing video production and stuff, of course, now that they have Final Cut and, and Logic and stuff, I mean, but that's a narrow slice and that's not going to – the fact that they have those things and they make faster iPad Pros for those people, that's not going to turn around Apple's revenue story on iPads. They need millions of people to buy more iPads. For For me, I think what would do it is – the, and we've talked about this this sort of idea of like a HomePod that you could magnetically dock or whatever an iPad into, and then it's this it turns into like a smart home display. Mm-hmm. We basically got it with our iPhones in iOS 17. We get that standby, so like an iPad OS version of standby. Um, that you know you it has your smart dock just like a the keyboard you just dock, except you dock it into a home pod um and yeah i can see that that would not definitely not be a pro thing nobody's going to go out and buy a thousand dollar plus ipad for that <laughs> but that would be a great way to boost ipad sales i think having that having facetime on it from sort of a docked an official docked thing being able to pull up recipes and all the other stuff i mean i think standby mode on the iPhone with iOS 17 is a great first start, but you use your, you use your phone like constantly. So it's like you, you, you put it on your bedside table or something, but they're close. So they all the widgets, all the Siri answers, all this other stuff to, that shows up in that mode. They it just, it just needs to be expanded. We haven't heard any recent rumors on the home pod front, but it seems like that's a way to, boost the sales that they seem to me. Yeah. I mean, we kind of knew last year, there were reports at the end of last year that the iPod, uh, iPod, the iPad was kind of just going to be holding steady for the next year with no big, really big, massive changes to that, to the line. So it kind of not, it's not surprising that sales are not taken. There's also too many of them. Like they need to kind of pare down the lineup a little bit. I don't. I don't know if we need two sizes of of iPad Pro. Maybe you just have a 13 inch model. We certainly don't need the iPad Air and the iPad 10th Gen that are um, 
basically identical. It's just it's they they need to kind of figure out what they're doing with the iPad. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, there are two there are two different base quote base model iPads, just the iPad that are vastly different and price different, and then the iPad Air, and then two sizes of iPad Pro, and it's like there are five and quote, the latest iPads and the Mini six. There are six quote latest latest iPads, and there needs to be three. <laughs> Maybe four, if you count, maybe you can count the mini, maybe it's mini, and then just like the basic iPad, the Air, and the Pro, and that's it. No no other sizes, and each gets one size. There's just too many. There's two different pencils still, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, it's a little, the, the whole lineup is getting, I mean, we've talked before about how this is starting to become true of Apple in general. They are creeping back into not not just having more different kinds of products which they're doing and that's fine that's fine that they're adding airpods and apple watch and so on but within each product they're having too many different choices and that was one of the things that apple went crazy doing when uh they kicked steve jobs out and it's the first thing he fixed when he came back is like nope we're getting rid of all that <laughs> or we're going we're gonna to focus and we're going to make it simple. And, and they're in danger of doing that again. There are four different AirPods you can buy now. Yeah, AirPods, MacBooks, iPads, even iPhone. There's the four new ones plus the iPhone 14 plus the iPhone 13 plus the iPhone SE. I mean, you know, I understand. Yeah, not wanting, to mention they keep to selling hit. old models. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the idea of wanting to hit all different price points and, and appeal to as many customers as you can is, is great, but you don't need 30 products to do that, particularly when they're like $50 apart. Like, you know, you got to really kind of figure out what, what people want, what people need and not confuse them. You know, you shouldn't walk into an Apple store to buy an iPad and walk out like with nothing because you don't know what the hell, which, which, which one to buy. Like it should be a pretty clear decision based on what you can what you want to spend and what you need. Each different product in within a within a group, within a category or whatever, should have a clear and obvious difference in in what your your the experience you're gonna have to a complete newbie, not to somebody who's like in on all the specs and everything. Like I should not walk into an Apple store and see an iPhone 13 and an iPhone 14, both still on sale. And very different prices and look at them and go like, well, what's different about them? And even try them out and go like, well, these seem the same. Like if it's, if it seems the same, you don't need both on the market to, to like a, a noob. There's differences, but we know the differences. Yeah, we're, we're but, uh, but even even with us knowing it, like if somebody asks me, should I buy an iPad 10th gen or an iPad Air? Like that's a pretty lengthy conversation to explain why you should buy one or the other. <laughs> Even when you know it, it's just uh, – we talked about that at length last year when they came out with that iPad and it's just as it's just as odd a year later. Like it's like why does that exist? I just had that conversation with my mom who, who's got a five-year-old iPad or something, six years old. It's – it's getting old. <laughs> it's getting old. It's getting a little beat up. It's not holding its charge like it used to, and all this other stuff. And she's like, "Well, what should I buy?" And I'm like, "Woof, <laughs> um, <laughs> boy, that that I got to ask you a bunch of questions now." Oh uh, well, we we just talked about simplifying the the product line, but 
There, there are rumors that Apple is working on a 16-inch iPad Pro. Yeah, th- that's been a pretty persistent rumor for a while. I don't, German doesn't make any indication that that's coming out next year or at all, so I wouldn't expect that. He does say that the 12.9-inch model will become a 13-inch model, which is literally a tenth of an inch and won't be noticeable at all. That's called the bezels around the screen are a little bit slimmer. Yeah. I never understood why it wasn't 13 to begin with. Like, isn't that a nicer number than 12.9? Like, it's a tenth of an inch. Because that's the way the screen is built. It's the size of the screen. Gotta think it's gonna, the price is gonna go up too, right? Like, if you're thinking, well, I'm gonna wait till the, till next summer to get the, the new iPad Pro, it's like, it's gonna need $200 more. You watch. German reported that there will also be a new Magic Keyboard. And he says that it'll, fix some of the complaints about the current Magic Keyboard. I don't use an iPad and a a Magic Keyboard, so I don't know what those complaints are. Do you guys know what he's talking about? Uh, I mean, not really. The the latest version for the iPad Pros, you know, is pretty great. You can always make it better. I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm not sure what the, quote, common complaints about it are. Yeah, he doesn't go into specifics. He just one one of the things is you can't really adjust the angle at which the iPad is kind of held very well. Like it's it floats at this angle, it kind of floats over the keyboard a bit, and that's the way it is. I don't find that to be necessarily a problem, but that I could see that being something they do is make it a little more adjustable. You plug your USB C in the side, it charges the keyboard and the Mac. I mean the keyboard and the iPad and it the typing action is good. It's got a decent touchpad. The touchpad's small because there's just not a lot of room, but it works fine. Gerben says the touch, the touchpad will get larger. I don't know if that's considered one of the complaints. I, I mean, I can see that. It is a relatively small touchpad. I mean, you can always just touch the literal <laughs> iPad that's in front of you, but um, but if you're using the touchpad, then yeah. Yeah, I don't. He didn't really get into specifics about the complaints. The only thing I can think of is the size of the trackpad, which is a pretty minor complaint, if you ask me. And maybe a function, a function row. People want that. I, I don't know. That, I mean, it's it's super expensive, but yeah, that's the complaint, and that's one right. that Apple. But they're not, not going to change that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the for for being a foldable you know, a keyboard for a tablet, the typing action is really pretty good. It's not as good as a native Mac keyboard, but it's pretty good. It's good. It feels pretty good. It's way better than the old Magic Keyboards were. Or what the old, they had a different name, Smart Keyboard. And it's, you know, it's uh, keys are backlit. Like there's not a ton Again, I say it's expensive, but if you're willing to yeah. pay that price, you'd be pretty happy with your purchase. It's 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 quite nice. The biggest problem is that the iPad itself isn't really built for that type of use unless you're typing something. Like it's not a Mac. The the it's a very much of a touch interface. So I've always wanted like when you docked it kind of have like a hybrid mac os ios interface that i i highly doubt that's going to come next year but that's my dream is to have it like when you're holding it it's 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 ipad os when you dock it it's a different type of thing there's something fundamentally different about 
uh, pointer versus touch. You know, it's that persistence of a pointer. It's the way it stays there. It's the way you, you move it and it is where it is. And the precision of it is very different than touch and making an interface that works well for one versus the other is significantly different. I think they do about as good a job as you could expect of supporting trackpads and mice and a pointer on iPad OS, but it is fundamentally a touch first interface. You can just move around and tap and click on things. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's different. I, I, it would be a pretty major overhaul of iPad OS to have a pointer first interaction model as a mode. That would be like a really significant thing. And I don't think what we've seen of stage manager is it. <laughs> Not yet. If anything, that feels like when you're using it on your Mac, that's kind of the gripe beyond just the missing features is that, well, this doesn't feel like an interface I would use with a pointer. And Apple was extremely reticent to allow you to even use it. The first iteration of the cursor was buried in accessibility. It wasn't like a feature they wanted people to use. Right. And then as more people found out about it, then they gradually warmed to it, released Magic Keyboard in 2020, and here we are. But since then, so it's been uh, three versions of iPad OS now since Magic Keyboard arrived, and they haven't really embraced it as a, a function. It's just like you can also use it this way. It's not there, there's no kind but of But I don't know what the solution is there. I don't either. Like That's not my job. Changing it. I'm just I'm just here to, to complain a, about it. <laughs> yeah. Changing it to a pointer first interface is like really a very uh, like an entirely different interface and interaction model. And then you ruin it for all the people who are on touch or don't buy a magic keyboard. Then then we're going to all be on that podcast complaining. You pretty much have to buy the magic keyboard cuz it's useless to use it with touch. So, or, or having both, having like a changeable mode. Like, I don't know if they ever get there. I think they tread water with this for quite a while until everyone just uses this, the headset. <laughs> everybody who's, everybody at Apple who's like really their, their top talent for making sort of like interface adjustments and changes and stuff is they're all in on spatial computing. They're all working. <laughs> for the next several years, really hard on the Vision Pro OS. So we haven't heard any rumors about the other iPads being updated yet. That, well, there, there are like floating rumors of maybe the iPad Air getting a – it doesn't even have an M2, right? Isn't it still an M1, the iPad Air? So there's maybe a chip update there. The iPad Mini, it's been, I think, almost two years. I think September will be two years since that was updated. But there's not much left in the kind of iPad purview that Apple can add anymore other than a new chip, which, we, which we've established isn't all that necessary. It has – so the iPad mini has the, the new camera and center stage and 5G and, a, you know, the new design and everything. Like, you know, the, the problems, if you want to call them that, with the iPad – is that it's it's just too good. Like there's not a ton that you can do to it. Apple's so far ahead of any of its competitors, both in market share and in functionality. Like it's basically if you want one, go buy one. Because it's not they're not gonna get all that much better over the next, you know, say three to five years. Even even this iPad Pro, you know, quote unquote overhaul, I don't think it's gonna be fundamentally different from an iPad Pro that we have right now. 
every year we talk about how the best the best things Apple can do with the iPad are on the OS side, and that, that remains true. And they're it, they're they are getting it better. They are getting it to be more and more less just a big iPhone. One thing they still need to work on is there's always a major iOS feature that doesn't come to iPad till next year. If it was the app library, it was widgets on the home screen. It was last last year iPhone got. Uh, the customizable lock screen and this year it's coming to ipad right it's where they're they're a year behind always on some significant feature it'd be good if they didn't do that it it gets sort of got the teams working together better to say look this is these are the things we're doing and we're going to have them everywhere but most of the new iphone features do come out to ipad at the same time and where they need to expand the software is in uh, making it work better with the ecosystem. Like we just talked about how there's no center stage. I mean, not center stage. There's no standby on iPad. It's only going to be on iPhone. And that's going to be the thing that comes next year. But but yeah, having a solution where you say, look, an, an iPad can be a great thing to have resting over there and feed you information you want and Siri results and all this other stuff. Uh, maybe I'm misremembering but the so standby on the iphone pro is um that'll use the always on display but on the standard models it shuts off it does not change whether or not you have an always on display so it works but your display it doesn't stop your display from going off which i don't quite understand because it only works when the phone is charging so i don't know why they feel like they have to do that (laughs) <laughs> that feels like a weird deliberate choice. Yeah, well, I mean that that aside, which you're right, but maybe that's why the iPad doesn't have it because it, there's no OLED iPads yet next year. Because on the iPad, it's the kind of thing you want to look over at at a table. If it's if it's blank, it's kind of useless. Same thing with the iPhone, but more so I think with the iPad. Like if it's like say you position it in a kitchen or a bedroom or something. It's large enough where you can look at glance at it from across the room and see whatever is on that display. If it's blank, like there's no point to it. On the iPhone, you'll probably be close enough where you can tap it and see it. It's still better as a pro feature. And it's clearly, Apple's clearly using some trickery to get people to upgrade to the pro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, I don't know if they're worried about, uh, I can't imagine they're worried about burn-in, but. Maybe it's just that on the iPhone, standby is such a thing that you would do like on a bedside table or something. And only the only always on displays, all, their display controller is the only one that really could ramp down in uh, refresh rate and brightness and stuff enough for when you're in a dark room, like when you're trying to sleep to make it dim enough. Like maybe it's that, but I don't know. Like I've, I've had you turn the brightness way down on an iPad in a dim room, it's dark. Like, I feel like this is a solvable problem. I feel like this, hey, if it's plugged in, you don't need a noise on display. I feel like this is a solvable problem. The world's most powerful and rich technology company can figure this one out. Well, we've got a year until the iPad comes up, so there'll definitely be more rumors as time approaches for an iPad release. Yeah, German said spring summer, which is Apple code for a spring event or WWDC. So we'll see what that brings. 
But it looks like unless we get an iPad mini with a very minor processor upgrade uh, next week or two weeks, I don't think we're going to get anything from the iPad at all this year. If it's just a processor update, it's possible it's one of those direct-to-web, no-event updates later this year. That could that could happen later this year, but uh, if we get through October and it hasn't happened yet, odds are slim that drops right before Christmas or something. Yeah, they did. The iPad, the, the, the 10th Gen iPad last year was press release. And the at the same time, the iPad Pro was updated with a new processor. So, it's not uncommon for Apple to do, particularly iPads, just straight to web. So, yeah, that, even if it's not announced next week, yeah. Well, that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 853. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast and the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through X, that's at Macworld, on threads at at Macworld underscore HQ or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld podcast as we talk about Apple's September 12th event and the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time. 